When I started architecture in 1998, in many ways, I always thought, oh my God, I'm a Sharjah girl. I'm from a little small town. No one's ever heard of us. And look how far we've come. Five years at architecture school in Sharjah was incredible. We had faculty from some of the best regions in the world. And when I went away, I always did kind of feel, I'm not quite sure if my degree is good enough. But then I worked in the UK with lots of multinational practices here in Dubai. And I figured, hang on a second, I think we're up there with, you know, amongst the best in the world. So it's great to have the opportunity to go back and give back to the community. And you've definitely done that. You've made your mark in Sharjah with, uh, I think, uh, the last count was four projects that you've been involved with. What's it been like going back and re-establishing those connections? How did those early projects come about? When I moved back, the first project that I worked on was the executive office for Sheikh Abidur. And we had quite a few interactions at that point. And when I set up by myself, it was time to refurbish that office. And she was doing another one as well. So we reconnected. And that was, I think that kind of started the whole relationship all over again. Um, And then the next project that we did was Shira, which is kind of a passion project for me. It's a not-for-profit organization, and it's helping a whole bunch of budding entrepreneurs here in the region. I always say to Najla, who runs uh, Shira, that I wish this was around when I was setting up. I mean, where were you then? But here she is now helping lots of, you know, sort of the next wave of creative entrepreneurs, which is wonderful. So it's kind of great for us to be a part of that project. And when we designed Shira, it wasn't, oh, let's just do like a box standard office space. We wanted to bring our learnings from hospitality design, our learnings even from residential design and restaurant design within this one space, right? And when you walk into Shira, you will see that there's a co-working area, there's a coding lab, but you've got a cool cafe where you can chill out. We've got a very large amphitheater. I'm sure you've seen that. Um, And it's great for presentations, panel discussions. And we'd really like that it's brought the Shira community together. It's their home, and we're very proud to say that we're now working on Shira 2, which is just down the road at the University of Sharjah. So still within University City, still within your old stomping ground, so to speak. We'll talk about those projects in depth in a little bit, but um, for those that aren't familiar with your work, how would you describe your design style or your inspiration? I think that's a great question. A lot lot of people ask us that, like, what is your design style? And it's really sad because I think I don't have one. In many ways, I think I'm a bipolar designer because one day it's all about sort of, you know, I want something that's timeless, it's elegant, it's classic, it's the Audrey Hepburn of design. And then the next day I wake up and I'm like, no, you know what? I'm Lady Gaga today. It's got to be controversial. It's got to be a talking point. And A lot of our design is influenced by our clients, right? It's the brief of the client. It's the client themselves. So I can't say that I have a style. I think it's just a response to the brief, to the context, to, you know, what the client wants, really. Do you think your design has evolved over the years or refined itself? Oh, absolutely. I think if you talk to some of my former colleagues when I first started off uh, as an arrogant, egotistical 22-year-old architect... That does not sound like you. No, it doesn't now. It doesn't now. Age. (laughs) Um, But I I think they would say to you, wow, I've come a long way. Because I remember when I started out at 22, I thought I knew it all. And then I went and did my master's degree and I was like, oh my God, I know nothing. I need to kind of keep educating myself. And it's been a learning curve, but I think I finally found my voice and it's an authentic voice. I'm not trying to um, impress anyone or be a certain kind of designer. I'm just being myself. And who's inspiring you or what's inspiring you at the moment? 
What's inspiring me at the moment? I think it's just the pace at which the UAE is moving. I mean, you look at what's happening in Sharjah now. We're so proud to be a part of that. And for me, and in many ways, it's coming full circle. You know, I grew up in Sharjah. It's my home in many ways. Um, I went back to teach at university, and now, full circle, I'm doing projects in Sharjah as well. So for me, that's really inspiring. And I'm growing with the city, which I think is quite incredible. My earliest memories of uh, Sharjah were going along, uh, I think, to their offices before they were in their current location. Uh, it was actually the launch of Sharjah, the start of 2016 at AUS. It was uh, mid-January, I remember, uh, an early morning start, and we had some really interesting panel discussions, and they were setting up this entrepreneurship hub, an incubator of sorts. And this was sort of six months into me setting up my own business, and people said, oh, this would be really interesting because you're an entrepreneur. And I said oh, no, I don't think I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm, I'm just doing business. You know, this is nothing special. And it's evolved from there. You know, entrepreneurship is so overarching. I think it's part of everybody's lives, whether they go out into business uh, or not on their own, they're involved with small businesses. And I also think that small businesses are really what make up the heart of Sharjah as well. So it's fit into the city very well. What was your first introduction to Shara? Um when we first met Shira, it was, it was really exciting because, like you said, they were in a little temporary office and I was like, wow, these guys have big plans and they have a long way to go, which is phenomenal. What I loved about how they developed Shira is that they worked with other SMEs. I'm an example of that and, you know, the guys who do their branding are an example of that. So they weren't just talking the talk, they were actually doing what they said they were doing. They're supporting SMEs like ourselves. And in many ways, they were so hands-on with the process. And I love that about my clients. You know, it's not like, here's the plan, go show us what you can do. No, we had workshops together, worked with different members in their team, because you know, everyone has a different requirement. So worked with different members in their teams and really figured out, got into the sort of the bones of what Shira really is and what it wants to be. And the space, I think, was a direct reflection of their vision and how they work. And how is that space then divided up? Or how do you tackle the project yourself? Because if I walk into Shara, uh, I see meeting rooms in the back, I see a cafe to the left, the amphitheater that's so iconic on the right, huge shared tables like you would find in a library uh, through the, the back wall on the right. And then you've got the office space as well. It's almost an L-shaped space that you had to work with. H how did you tackle it? One of the biggest challenges with working with any kind of refurbishment project is just that, you know, you're kind of inheriting um, old MEP, dodgy structure. And, and it was a learning process because we didn't have drawings for most of the space. So as we were demolishing on site, there were new surprises and we were finding our things. What we do when we design is we work with evidence-based design. So we do a lot of in-depth, deep dive research before we put pen to paper. So like you said, Shiraz is like a mix of many different spaces, but that's what they needed. They wanted a mentorship area where they could have a one-on-one -on -one meeting. They needed a coding lab. They needed a panel discussion space. They needed a private office for themselves. So they had a very long list. And instead of kind of saying to them like, look, this is what we think a co-working space should feel like, we said, no, let's understand you as a client, let's understand your requirements, and then get the design to respond to it. Um, and every time we do a project, it's about the user experience. So for us, it's not just about 
creating a pretty picture, choosing some colors. You know, most of us think, we're, uh, most people think interior design is interior decoration, which it's not. You know, there's a lot of scientific research behind this. And Shiraz is a great example because, like I said, it has a hospitality function within it. Yes, it's an office, but it's also got a very homely feel. You know, we created these custom designed lounge areas where you can just have an informal conversation. When you're a young entrepreneur, you're not going to be sat at a desk. You know, think of yourself at 20. I don't think we could sit you down for like, <laughs> you know, 10 hours at a desk. I mean, I still struggle myself. So we gave them a variety of spaces that they could enjoy throughout the day and throughout the night, you know, because you know the long hours these entrepreneurs put in. And it's quite interesting because we went back to Shira, I think a year after operation, and we added a robotics lab. They said, we've got these new entrepreneurs coming in. They need to make stuff. Make us a robotics lab. We're like, okay, yeah, no problem. Let's figure out, you know, kind of the exhaust system. And we put that in. So I think that's the best part about a space, that it's never finished. And as you use it, you might come back to us and say, hang on, I think, you know, we need to add something or remove something. And we did that. I think we even sacrificed some of the lounge areas eventually and added more co-working desks because Shira became so popular, you know, uh, kind of... Bursting at the seams? Yeah, bursting out the seams. And now, you know, they're expanding and growing into a larger space as well. So exciting and so interesting to hear those early ideas and how they've formulated to be an actual living, breathing space. It's like it's growing a, a baby, you know, all of these little babies that you have dotted all around. Uh, it's really interesting also with Shira is that it's, it's not a co-working space that can be in London or New York. When you walk in, we looked at the architecture of the campus in American University of Sharjah, and we custom designed these light features that are these domed-shaped features. And they also have acoustic properties, so when you're sat within these spaces, you feel cocooned within them. The amphitheater itself is not just a series of steps. If you look closely, we worked with the Arabic typography, and all the shapes in the amphitheater were actually derived from the Arabic letter. And even the knowledge pods, you know, all the graphics that you see within the space are both in English and Arabic. And I think that's a feature that we consistently do in all our projects. I'm very proud to have grown up here, and I'm very proud of the culture of this country. So I think we should almost put it out there. You know, when people look at our work on international design websites, I want there to be a very distinct UAE identity in our work. You know, it's interesting because Shiba Beek, again, is a space that I went to as a teenager. I went back there when I had my children. And then when I was called to redesign Shiba Beek, I was like, are you kidding me? This is like, again, coming a full circle. This is brilliant. And I think the first comment that the client had was, it's really dark. And the design of the existing Shiba Beek was beautiful. They were really successful. But it wasn't current. And if we're thinking of Shaba Beek from 2017 onwards, what can we do to make Shaba Beek a timeless kind of space for the next 10 years? That was really the agenda. Being an architect, obviously I couldn't help myself. We blasted the facade. You know, of course our remit was just to do the interiors, but we thought, hang on, if we're gonna do that, let's kind of just gently tweak the facade slightly. And the client came around to the idea, which was amazing, because that one little change flooded the restaurant with light. Um, and I think what's really special about Shababik is, again, that the chef was really involved in the design process. 
So the design in many ways is based around his artisanal style of cooking. He's very simple, he uses natural kind of ingredients within his cuisine and we thought, you know what, the interior can't steer too far away from this, it has to respond to it. Um, and that was the starting point for the design really in many ways. Where did the idea for the beautiful iconic olive tree in the middle of Shababi come from? So if you like Lebanese cuisine like I do, you'll understand that olive oil is kind of like a staple, right, in their cuisine. It is. And we thought, wow, we need to celebrate this feature. It's a petrified olive tree that sits in the middle of the reception entrance. And what we did was, because the cuisine's not just it's predominantly Lebanese, but it has an Emirati kind of angle in it, right? We thought, wow, we've got this olive tree. Wouldn't it be interesting to create a custom design mural on the ceiling that represents sort of the flora and the fauna, not just from Lebanon, but also from the Emirates? So if you look up the ceiling of the, you know, ceiling of the restaurant, you will see that you see the birds and all the different species of the date palms that you find in the region. And we're very proud of this particular piece because, as I said, it was custom designed for the space. Do you uh, balance out what is fashionable and what is hot right now in terms of design aesthetic with something that would need to last 10 years? For me, when I walk into Shababik, I'm met with the, um, the the bright, vibrant leaves and the green colour, which I think are very on-trend at the minute. How do you make that last for another decade? I think that's a great question, Anna. Look, I've never been a big believer in trends, right? I think what's in fashion and in vogue today is you know, has been tomorrow. So our company motto is it's never about fads, fashions, or trends. It's about creating a functional space that responds to the user. The, the emerald green color was, I think, Pantone's color of the year in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. So it's very has been, but it was appropriate for the space. We started with the olive tree. We started with, you know, because the chef was Lebanese. We looked at fashion references from Lebanon. We looked at Elie Saab's clothes, right? So when we start our concept process, it's narrowing it down for many different influences. If you look at the ceilings in Shababik, as with all Lebanese architecture, there's a very French influence within it. We wanted Shababik to be this fusion between Emirati, Lebanese, French design aesthetics. And the color really was a byproduct of the cuisine as opposed to an on-trend color at the minute. Again, you know, I hate coming back to the story, but it is true, as a teenager, I used to go running down the Corniche, we used to call it the Corniche then, and now it's been rebranded as Al Majaz Waterfront. So I have a restaurant now, you know, overlooking this Majaz Waterfront where I have many happy memories as a child. And when they approached us, it wasn't so much about creating a cafe destination, it was about creating a space for book lovers, you know, somewhere the people in the know, the culturally kind of, you know, attuned people would come, hang out, grab a cup of coffee, but importantly, read and get engaged with books again. I don't know about you, but I spend a lot of time on my digital devices, but I make sure that I read 20 pages of a book, like a hard copy book, not even Kindle, every night before I go to bed. What are you reading at the moment? Oh, at the moment, I'm reading this really exciting book called Ikigai. It's a Japanese way of living. Apparently, they live for 100 years because of their way of life. I don't want to live till 100. I just want to be happy and, you know, (laughs) knowledgeable by the time I'm gone. 
So, you know, Alrabi is great because it's all about books. It's a personal passion of mine. It's over two floors, so a very large scale to play with. And again, instead of starting the design with, okay, we're going to do a coffee shop and we're going to do it, you know, book themed, we started with, what is it like to read a book? How does one read a book? So for me, it's very personal. Some people fold pages, some people highlight notes, some people underline books. And then we also looked at things like, you know, how is a book bound together? So there's a stitch detail within a book on the spine. And we thought, wow, that's a really interesting idea. How can we translate these ideas into a three-dimensional space? So when you walk through Al-Rawi, you'll notice that the handrail has a stitch detail, and that references back to the spine of the book. If you're sitting in the coffee shop area and you look up, we've created this beautiful custom-made book installation. So they it's almost like a series of flying books on the ceiling. And again, it was fabricated in Sharjah. One part you know, of, of every project that we work in that we're really proud of is that all of our joinery is custom-made right here in the UAE and mainly workshops in Sharjah. So, you know, if you haven't driven down the industrial areas of Sharjah, you're in for a treat. You, you don't know what you're going to find when you get there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Al-Rabi, again, if... Going back to the design, if you sat down and you looked at the tables, we even custom designed the tables. They have patterns developed from Arabic typography. So we got the branding consultant to come up with this amazing kind of uh, language for the type within the space. And then we used that on the furniture as well, which made it kind of made the design more holistic. So at every touch point when you walk through Al-Rawi, it's very consistent. With Al-Rawi, I think specifically, what's really interesting is that there's a dedicated kids area. Mm. And for me, as a mom of two, you know, um, very, um, what can I say, boisterous boys, you know, that's really important. If I want to enjoy my cup of coffee and my book, I want to make sure that my children are entertained. So we have two spaces in Al-Rawi. One is this... Um, creative arts and crafts area on the first floor, but we've also got swings and slides on the ground floor for them to play in, in the winter months. And I think that's really interesting. We also have in Al-Rawi, floor to ceiling, pivotable shelves. And what that does is, so the, the space is very open, but if the restaurant wants to rent out that space for an event or book reading or book signing, they can partition this entire space off seamlessly and it still looks like it's a part of the design and create a very private events area. So I'm really proud of that space. and can't wait for you to go and check it out. Amazing, just incredible. If people want to follow more about uh, your design, the projects that you work on, where can they find you? I think Instagram, right? We're such a visual kind of uh, company. So all our work is you, you need to see our work really the words can't paint a prettier picture so follow us on um, Pallavi Dean Interiors on Instagram amazing we look forward to catching up with you soon thank you so much thanks Hannah